If you have ever had a chance to walk in a forest when the autumn colors are at their peak and the gentle rain makes them even brighter, then maybe you have been in awe. Or you stood at the precipice of the Grand Canyon and looked down the 4,000 feet to the Colorado River below. Then maybe you have been in awe. The question for us today on In Awe by Bruce is, who do we turn to when we are hurting and in need of help? All of us find ourselves in that position at different times in our lives. And I know if that I can get past my pride, I turn to someone who has the empathy to either know or understand what I'm experiencing. Well, that's who we have on the phone today, Welby O'Brien, an expert in PTSD, loss, and divorce. Yes, she does hold a master's degree in counseling from Portland State and a teaching degree from Biola University, but what differentiates her from others is that she has not only researched it, but she's lived it herself, and she ties it into a biblical perspective. She has written three books along these lines, one, Formerly a Wife, about divorce, second one, Goodbye for Now, on loss and grief, and a third one, Love Our Vets, about PTSD. What struck me were the reviews which used terms for these books such as gold mine of information, needs to be in the hands of everyone, best book on the market. With that, let's welcome Welby O'Brien to our show. And Welby, thank you for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time out to, to speak to the audience today and myself. Uh, thank you, Bruce. It's my pleasure. And I'm going to dive right in with a, with a question that is kind of a chicken or egg kind of question that was on my mind as, as I'm learning more about you. You know, we all have events in our lives, some of them more traumatic than others. You have a counseling background, but what happened first that headed you down this path to helping others? Was it an event in your life that you went and became the counselor or was the counseling able to help you in that event? Right, and the chicken and the egg kind of take turns bouncing back <laughs> back and <laughs> forth. But I remember as a teenager, I really wanted to be a, a conference speaker. I loved the Lord and I wanted to just be out there sharing and ministering, but I had no message. I had not gone through anything very traumatic yet and life mm -hmm. was just too comfortable. So the Lord uh, took me down a path that was not my life dream. The first big disappointing event was a divorce and mm. I was actually married to a man in the ministry and we were sort of <laughs> sort of living happily ever after and we had a three-year-old boy and uh, one day he came to me and he said well be I, I don't want to be married anymore and three weeks later he was off with someone else and wow yeah my world came crashing in and it was really a a, a life-changing moment where I just was kind of tempted to just bag it all. Mm -hmm. And yet, thankfully, after wobbling a little bit, I did just ran to the Lord and said, I need help with this because this was just not my plan and I have no idea what to do. Wow. So the, the, good, uh, the formerly a wife book came out of that a few years later, and that was a result of the things that I learned in the process. At that time, none of the people really close to me had been through divorce personally. Mm -hmm. They were good support, and I got a good counselor. 
but there wasn't much out there to guide me through the process. So the first book, Formerly a Wife, was an effort for me to share with others what I learned in the process and to help them grow and make those steps towards healing. And it also includes input from other people who have survived divorce. So that was the first chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I did have a counseling degree at that time. So some of the principles that I had learned in my head, I was able to uh, implement. And also I definitely needed counseling for myself and all the things that I learned just to cling to scripture. I came up with a survival checklist, which I actually have included in all three books because I think it's really applicable and pertinent for all of us, whether we're going through a crisis or just everyday life. So that was that mm. one. And then fast forward to when my father died, my mom and I just had no idea what we were doing. He had donated his body to the research institute, so we didn't have a funeral director, and, and we were just stumbling around, and that was that was overwhelming enough with all the stuff that had to be done along with the grief that just floods you, and thankfully, we did make it through okay, and so down the road a ways from that experience, I decided there needs to be a guide, a guide that's really easy to follow that helps walk you through those first few days and weeks when all you can do is just barely survive. So mm. the book Goodbye for Now was the egg that came from that crisis, that loss, and that is a grief support guide. It's really good to have ahead of time. Because there's a lot of things we can do in advance, not only preparing for our own homegoing and leaving things in order for our loved ones, yeah, as well as helping us through the process when someone we love mm. dies. And then the third book, Love Our Vets, is a result of God's tremendous blessing in allowing me to find a wonderful, godly man and remarry years later. And my husband is a Vietnam veteran. And he told me right from the get-go, he says, well, we have got PTSD and I'm all screwed up. And so I didn't have a clue. And so I did some research, signed up for a class at the VA. We got counseling, lots and lots of prayer on that one. And mm. the summary is now years later, I can just say thank you, God, for the privilege of being married to him. But it has been challenging. And so the book Love Our Vets is, once again, sharing things that I personally have learned as a loved one of a PTSD survivor. Mm -hmm. And also, I've been able to start a local support group. We've been going for 11 years now in the online support network, which is pretty much what I spend most of my time doing is just encouraging the loved ones and the veterans and people battling PTSD. So that is the blessing that came out of that. Okay. So can I take you back a little bit to something you said early in uh, what you were just talking about? And that was that when uh, you had the divorce, it was such a shock to come. I mean, it came out of nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. And you made a comment that I think most of us feel when things like that happen to us, whatever that traumatic situation is in our life is that you're ready to bag it all. Yeah. And, and, and so f- having felt that mm-hmm. and, and been there, I want to ask you what made the difference in your heart or your head or both that you finally looked and turned to the Lord rather than just bagging it. What really turned you around and said, you know what, God, you have an answer. I need to turn to you because you can give me the help. Well, I'm grateful that growing up, I was very familiar with scripture and I was able to go to my Bible and look at all those promises in a new light. Mm-hmm. Things that I just kind of learned that I didn't really need at the time. I was so, when you hit bottom, you're desperate. And Scripture just came to life to me. And so part of that was just choices. When we want to bag it, we still have choices. And for me, I had the choice to what I was going to take in. And if I was going to just escape and try to do something to make myself feel good temporarily, or if I was going to make a choice that would have long-term benefits. So that was one of the things that helped. I know the prayer and the support of people around me was just huge. And a good counselor who encouraged me to work through the feelings. Sometimes when we are tempted to bag things, it's because, once again, nobody wants to feel betrayed or afraid or ashamed or rejected or depressed or angry Nobody wants to feel those unwanted feelings, but I learned to face them, to own them, to name them, and to process them in wow. a healthy way. And and I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> but those were some things that really helped us to look at the big picture, cling to the Lord, and just cry out to Him and just let Him carry me, and not to have to do it perfectly. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a key. We get into that mode that we've got to do it perfectly. We're going to undercut everything that's happening. Yeah. Uh, was there anything particular that your heart would go back to about the Lord that, that just kept you strong even in those tough times? Because you said the word became new and fresh. And was there like a verse or, or an experience or something that you could turn to? One that comes to mind probably because I turn to it almost every day is Romans 8:28 and that is just that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him to those who are the called according to his purpose and I just recently realized there's another verse right after that that is equally as powerful and it just says his purpose is to conform us to be like Christ mm-hmm. so knowing that with God Nothing is wasted, even if it hurts like crazy and just makes no sense at all. And that's the promise that I like to cling to, though. If we are his children, he is doing and is going to do something good out of everything, even if it was a mistake or a bad choice on our part. So our God is filled with grace and wisdom, and we just count on him to ultimately do beautiful things in the messes that sometimes we ourselves make. Isn't that great? Because, you know, like it says in that verse, basically God knows his people in advance. Mm. <laughs> and he ch- chose them to be like his son. And, yeah. 
And it's such a wonderful love. His grace just pours out just in those verses. I think about that. He, we, we're not surprising him by things we do. <laughs> he knows. And, uh, <laughs> and he's know, still here. He's, he hasn't left. Yeah, he hasn't left. <laughs> and, and, and he's, he's going to use all those things, good choices, bad choices, whatever it is, to, to help us be more like his son. That's, that's precious. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that, that's really neat as, as you go through those feelings and everything. Um, I've had a lot of things going through my mind as you were talking. And one of them was PTSD as you're, as you're looking at that and working with vets. Uh, but I get the feeling that what you have there could also be applied to people who've had that from other situations. Is that true? Oh, yes. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can get PTSD. And it basically, it results from exposure to an experience that's traumatic or horrific. And mm-hmm. what happens is the person pretty much gets locked into emergency survival mode. You've heard of fight, flight, or freeze survival. And in that survival mode, at some level, for the rest of their lives, so 24-7, they're like braced for an attack or for that trauma to reoccur, and it totally overwhelms their ability to handle things when they're triggered, and it's it's a challenge. And mm. it can happen to anyone. It can be an abuse. It could be an accident. It could be a tragic loss of a loved one it could be a storm a fire an illness anything that is traumatizing and definitely you're right it can happen to anyone and it also totally affects the loved ones around that person so Mm -hmm. has kind of that ripple effect and so the individual themselves needs that support and resources and encouragement as do the loved ones that's something that I know uh, in my own life. There's something that happened when I was young, and I pretty much thought I was past it mm-hmm. <laughs> until I started getting to the age I am now. And some of the things that are happening as you grow older now are making me that come back up in my life. Yes. And so and I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and it's tempting to just kind of stuff it and oh, get over it, and that was then get on with your life and. It's true that if it's a real trauma, the older we get, the less we can stuff it. And the now, are you telling me you're telling me my strategy's not working? It sounds <laughs> like it. So yes, it definitely helps to face it, deal with it, and to realize there's a freedom in recognizing, oh, that's what that is. Okay, and and then you can deal with it rather than wondering what's wrong with me. Well, with the different books you've written and the people you've been involved with, how successful have you seen these things be in people's lives when they really take them on? I'm assuming it's been pretty successful, but is it tough for people to take this on? Absolutely tough, and I think that's why we see so much addiction, addictive behavior, substance abuse, Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to hurt, and that's pretty much our tendency as humans is our go-to, do anything so I don't have to feel bad Yeah. and escape. And then it just gets to the point where people get kind of trapped in that. And that is definitely, um, unfortunately, more common than we like to think. So if somebody's listening today and they are feeling that pressure and they're turning to things that temporarily help them feel better, 
what would you say to them to encourage them or help them try and get beyond where they are? There's no obviously no silver bullet, but what would you tell them? Reach out for help. Reach mm-hmm. out for help. And if it's PTSD we're talking about, our website, loveourvets.org, has a ton of awesome resources, people you can connect with, people you can talk with, people who get it. And that's the key that trauma makes you feel so alone and helpless. And when you, whether you're a loved one of someone who's got PTSD or you're battling some kind of trauma yourself, just knowing that you're not alone, you're not crazy, it's not your fault. There are people just waiting to talk with you, encourage you, help you. And there's so much out there now that really does help way more than Well, like 40 years ago, when my husband came back from Vietnam, not only did they not recognize PTSD, but there really wasn't anything there. So that's what I would say is just reach out to somebody who can direct you or go with you to explore options because there is hope and you can definitely learn to thrive in spite of the challenges. Because I know, because we do. Boy, so right, right on there. Uh, and I think knowing that you're not alone, I, I saw a Barna poll, I think it was the other day, that loneliness is becoming one of the major problems in people's lives, is that in spite of all the things around them and everything, you know, they've got, quote, connectivity mm-hmm. to the world, that that loneliness is one of the biggest problems. And I appreciate your clarion call that there is help out there. There are people that want to talk to you and don't want you to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. As you're getting the word out there for help, if you could have the best results happen in our country, what w- what would you see happening to make it better for the people out there that struggle with the different things that you've written about? Do you have a vision of that? or? <laughs> I'm just thinking it'd be great if the Lord came back and we just kind of got a, a reboot to his kingdom. So... Um, <laughs> Yay, man. <laughs> I don't think that's the answer you were looking for, right? That and what in the meantime can be done. Anything else that would, it might be a call for people that have a heart for this to get oh, together yeah. and, and learn under under a group like yours, or maybe yeah. you can tell me what you think churches yeah. might do that would be better in terms of helping people be directed, resources okay. that they might have. All right, that I can answer. I have a blog, an article on the the website, loveourvets.org, called mm-hmm. 10 Things That People with PTSD and Their Loved Ones Need from Church Leaders and People. And it explains what we need and how the church and ministry leaders and just everyday people can reach out and connect and minister. So that would be something to, to search for, 10 things that people with PTSD need. And then also in Mm -hmm. the Goodbye for Now book for grief support, I have listed lots of things that people can do to help, definitely. One of which is to consider a grief share ministry in your church. And there also the Formerly a Wife, the Divorce book, Mm -hmm. I mentioned divorce care. And those are ministries you can Google those that your church can host if you don't have something like that. So absolutely, we are here for everybody who's 
hurting. We're not here to make us feel good or to go through the motion, say, yeah, I went to church. We're here to say, you know what? We've got a God who is filled with grace. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. And hmm. we have hope. And it all comes down to everybody has a need of some kind or other. And we need to say, we don't have the answers as far as taking away your pain and solving the world's problems, but we have something that's actually better than that, that lasts for eternity. And Mm. you just need to show that love and that care and reach out to people who are hurting because almost everybody is, I think. Yeah. I think the long-term solution is, you know, hopefully what we can get people over to because that's so hard to grasp onto. And again, I just, I'm glad that you're letting people know there are those out there who really do care and they want to help you. And there's a lot of resources and we just need to grab onto those and, and help those around us. Before we go, any any last thing you want to say to, to people that are listening that would be helpful in understanding these situations or in helping somebody else or just something that would be good advice to, to give all of us? What comes to mind is that God uses imperfect people Mm-hmm. is pretty much all of us, <laughs> not to wait until you have your life all together before reaching out to encourage someone else. Because we are all struggling with something, and I think there's a, a really powerful connection when one person who's struggling reaches out to someone else who's struggling, and and we can encourage each other on the journey and just lean on the Lord feed on his word. And that would be, I think, a good place to end. <laughs> okay. I, I agree with you. I kind of thinking of the verse uh, in Peter there, like newborn babes long mm. for the pure milk of the word. And, mm-hmm. and that's really what you're saying. Hunger and thirst after God and his word. And, and again, the survival checklist that I have in all three books is just a reminder. It's a whole checklist of all the things we can do. And one of just mm. Staying in touch with the Lord, feeding on his word, and listening to our needs. Wow, that's great. Well, Welby, thank you so much for joining us and and telling us more about your ministry and your heart and your passion and how people can get to those resources and not get caught up in the things that bring us down so much in the world. Mm. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, God bless you. Oh, thank you. God bless you, and, and take care. We'll talk to you soon. Okay.